Happy New Year and welcome to the podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. If you'd like to learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Hey, if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 12. You know, I studied all afternoon, or actually all day today, and a lot of things were going on, so I was praying and just kind of fellowship with the Lord. And then I took a break and uh, uh, was did a, a few errand things I needed to do, and then I came back, and then I prayed for another two hours, and God just changed everything. So praise the Lord. I said, okay, we can do this. It's always good, amen. How many of you know it's always good to have what he wants to say? And, uh, you know, thank God for the word of God in that no matter how many times we hear it, it brings life to us because his word is life, the Bible says. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, as, as we were doing, you know, and the, she sang that song, I said, sometimes you got to consecrate and dedicate your life one more time. You just got to stir your heart up. Amen. You got to remind yourself of how incredibly awesome God is and you know, God always reminds me of things. He always stirs my heart. He always puts me in remembrance. And I love that. I love that he'll remind me of different things. He, of course, for me, he reminds me of the scriptures and also reminds me of different sermons that I may have preached over, the, over my life. But, you know, when I get to just seeking his face, he just kind of puts some things back on the inside. So I want to share with you just some priorities that I have with God that he disturbed me. And I don't know why he kind of dropped them, but it's just sometimes we have to re- what I'm going to say, we need to rededicate our life one more time, or we just need to recommit it, or we need to just stir up the gift of God on the inside of us. Hallelujah. We just need to stir it up. Stir it up. How many you know we've got to be the ones that have got to be life? We're life givers. Hallelujah. You know, and here in Mark's gospel, uh, Mark chapter 12, verse 28, <clears throat> you know, he came to and asked Jesus a question, and he said, and one of the scribes came, and having heard uh, them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, he asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, he, is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength, that is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Amen. Yeah, sometimes you always get to go back to square one. You know, when I look at priorities in my life, I always kind of go back and say, okay, God, you know, and, and here's my first priority is I want to make sure that I'm loving God more than anybody or anything. You, know, you always want to make sure that God, am I putting you first or am I just, you know, as the song said, are you going through the motions? You know, I started with God. I want to end with God. Amen. I started with the power and the fire of God. I want to end with the power and the fire of God. Amen. I want to make sure that, that this is what's going on in my life. This is what God has for me. Hallelujah. And one of the biggest things that I've found out over my ministerial life, depending upon when you came to God or how you came to God, is a kind of a determining factor of how you receive from God. It really is until you gain a relationship with him to know how to receive uh, in, in a lot of different ways. Because we love God not for what he can do for us. Amen. We love God for what he has done for us. Now, he does things, but when you love God for what he has already done and you receive what he's already done, glory to God, then you'll receive what he is doing. 
Amen. I liken it unto this. You know, there is a faith unto God or a faith, the faith unto God or our faith towards God. I'll say it this way. Say faith. There's a faith towards God. Then there is the faith of God of Mark 11, 23 and 24 for what you receive. A lot of people that came to God, especially this during the 80s. And if you got born again during the 80s, praise God. Or if you just actually got born on the earth in the 80s, God bless you. All right. Anyways, <laughs> hallelujah. So anyways, hallelujah. But the, the, the thing about it is, is that many times uh, we were coming to God for how what God can do for me, you know, believing and receiving it. And faith toward God, which is Hebrews chapter 6, it's a fundamental principle of the doctrine of Christ, is that you have to have faith toward God, which simply means God is God. And God is God, and you, you don't doubt that he's God. God is God. You have this kind of attitude like Job had. Though you slay me, yet will I trust you. I mean, how many of us could say that? I mean, Job actually thought God was the one that killed his kids, that burned his barns, that, that ran off all of his, all of his uh, livestock, that destroyed his life, that he was there with boils and everything else. And he thought God did everything to him. Now, we know because we read the book of Job that it was the devil who did all that. It was the devil who did that. But Job thought God did it. And yet he turned around and said, God, though you slay me, yet will I trust you. See, when you have faith toward God, you're not questioning him. You might be questioning what's going on. You might be questioning the circumstances, but you're not questioning him. And so when you love God, we say not to love God more than anything and anyone. Glory to God. I, it, it, it's, it's something that we've got to grab a hold of ourselves and say, hey, hallelujah. And if I love God, I'm going to love his kids. Amen. Amen. <laughs> hallelujah. And of course, God always says, you know, if you love me, you'll obey me. You'll do my commandments. And his commandment is the commandment of love. His commandment is do what the word of God says. His commandment is that. So if we'll do what the word says, do it. That's how we show our love for God. Amen? Amen. You know, God gets great joy from his children being obedient. How many of us get great joy when our kids actually do what they should do? Or they actually did what we told them to do and it works. It's like, oh my gosh, there is a God, you know? And uh, it may take them till they're 30 to figure it out, but praise God, there comes a day when you think, oh, glory to God, they are going to live on their own. They are going to be okay. This is going to be good, you know? And, uh, but... We've got to grab a hold. So that's my number one priority. My number two priority for myself is I, I just have this great desire that I want to please God. Remember what, when Jesus was baptized and there was a voice in heaven that came out and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Don't you want to hear that from God? This is my beloved son or my beloved daughter in whom I am well pleased. I want God to be pleased or well pleased with me. Amen, I do, I do. I, my desire is to please him more than anyone or anything, hallelujah. I just have this heart that I want to do that. I want to make sure that I'm pleasing unto him, hallelujah. Now, I know, you know, we grow up. There's, you know, I have, I have a whole series on growing up spiritually and talking about that because there's baby stage, there's the childhood stage, there's the teenager stage, and there's the adult stage. And so many people, you can locate yourself by, and, it, and I correlate it with uh, the same stages that you have with kids. And you can see that baby stage, they are a self-pleaser. They just want to eat, and they want you to clean them up. Other than that, they're good. So, you know, yeah, they want cuddles, they want, but the biggest thing is they just want to know they're going to have food, and then you're going to clean them up. They're self-pleasers, you know. And then uh, the childhood states, glory to God, they just want to talk all the time. 
Hallelujah. They never want to shut up. Amen. They're just full of everything. They're five years old and they can do it themselves. Amen. But the key is, is to know that when we grow up and become mature, because even though you become an adult, you can still be a man pleaser and you want to make sure that you're a God pleaser. Amen. That's the one thing that we want to do. I want to please God. You know, it's funny because, you know, as a pastor, you know, you, you, you make decisions and, you're, of course, you're, you're getting information and we have a board. We have things. We're making decisions. And you always have people that come to you and say, well, you're just doing what you want to do. And I always laugh about that because not ever, there's not ever been one time in my entire life that I've ever made a decision for Harvest Bible Church based on what I wanted to do. See, that you guys are all quiet, so you don't believe me either. So it doesn't matter because I, I don't have to stand before you. I get to stand before God for every word that I say. You know, they say, well, you're just doing, I said, no, 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 I'm agonizing, I'm praying, I'm asking God what he wants to do, because what God orders, he pays for. If I want to do it, then I got to pay for it, and I ain't got that much money, so we're not going to do that, you know? No, it's always about what is God's heart, and what is he's doing, because I want to please him, and it's always been that. I gave up my will a long time ago, and to desire to do that, because I, need, I want to desire to please him, because that's my heart. And if that's not your heart, then you can't be fulfilled in a lot of things because you're always trying to uh, look, yeah, but if I do all this stuff, then what about me? What about me? Listen, when you give to God, he gives back to you 10 times more than you can ever give to him. He just does things for you just on accident, just does things because I just wanted to bless you because I just want to do it because you're my child. Amen. Because you've been obedient. God just, God's, a, God's a rewarder. He's an amazing rewarder. Amen. He really is. He's just, in a, he's just so amazing. He's so wonderful. I tell you, I, I thank God for that because it, it, our heart should be that, that we desire to please him more than anything else. But you know, it's hard to please someone that you don't know. That's my third priority that I have in my life is I want to know God better than I know anybody else. I want to be his best friend. Amen. I want to be God's best friend. I, I want to, he's my best friend, that, that the Lord Jesus is my best friend, that the Holy Spirit's my best friend, that, you know, that those are the ones that I know more than anybody else, and they know me better than anybody else. So important that we understand this because our relationship with God determines our relationship with everybody else around us. It does. It really does. When you have a good relationship with God, it's easy to love people. It's easy to forgive people. It is, because you say, God, I only got to put up for these 30 seconds, or these two minutes, or this hour. You got to put up with them all the time. Glory to God. They're all yours. Hallelujah. You know, there's a lot of scriptures that talk about, well, one of the big ones is Daniel. You know, Daniel, I think right around Daniel 9.32, or right around in there, or um, 11.32, excuse me, Daniel 11.32 says, the people that do know their God shall wax strong and do great exploits. See, when you know the person that you're believing in, Paul said it like this over in Timothy. He said, I know in whom I believe, not what I believe. He said, I know in whom I believe and whom I've committed my life to, that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him until that day. Why? Because I know whom. I know who's behind it. I know the author. Amen. You know, it's kind of like the, the example I've always used with this is because I read this in a book where this, theater, this actor got up and, he, and he, he, you know, read the 23rd Psalm and he acted it all out and he was very theatrical and, oh, you know, and, and, and 
you know, and it was just, he just portrayed it and did things, and everybody just standing ovation. It was really great. And then an older gentleman got up and he read the 23rd Psalm. And everybody fell on their knees and began to weep and cry. And the presence of God filled the whole room. And the actor said, You know, I knew the Psalm. I knew the Psalm. He said, But you knew the author. Isn't that amazing? See, we can know things, but when you know the author behind it, it changes everything. When you have that intimacy with God, when you know who God is, when you understand prayer, when you understand fellowship with God, amen? God, God likened it unto that. God likened it unto those things that we get a hold of because when we get to know God, it changes everything. In fact, John 17, 3 says, this is eternal life, knowing God. And if you know God's for you, who cares who's against you? Isn't that a scripture? If you know God, hallelujah, is going to be with you, but not only with you, but he's going to be in you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And with God, all things are possible. See, you get to know the person and the person behind it. It changes everything. See, because you need to know what pleases God, what makes him laugh, what, you know, because God laughs. Psalms 2 says, he who sits in the heavens laughs. How many of you know God's laughing right now? Heaven's full of joy right now. Do you know that? He's laughing at what all's going on in the earth. And now everybody's scheming around. We're getting ready. We're going to take over the earth. Look at, we're getting this people here. We're making them crew out of here. We're going to get them all. Look at what we're doing. And they're good. And the devil's going, look what's happening. Look at it. And he's all like, yes, yes, I'm going to find it. And he who sits in the heavens laughing. Because he's like, yep, there they go again. Trying to think they can take over, going to the go and go again, trying to think that it belongs to them. There they go again. There's Satan trying. He's trying. Here he is, you know. He's already been defeated. Yeah, yeah, God's laughing right now. He's laughing at, at, at everything that's going on because he's getting ready to send Jesus. Hallelujah. For you and I, hallelujah. He's getting ready to do some supernatural things. Amen. Glory to God. It's so funny because everybody's talking about this nuclear weapon or this, they're going to buy. Are you kidding? Come on. God, the Bible says God's going to rain, you know, meteors out of the sky and wipe everything out. God's going to open up the earth and swallow up things. I mean, come on, the earth is going to become Pac-Man. It's going to be fun. You can't, no matter what, you can put it, he said, well, we, we're, we're going to be safe. We're two, ten miles down on the earth. Are you kidding? He's just going to open it up hard and follow, and you're going to be eating. I mean, it's like, come on. You, you got to read the Bible. You read the Old Testament. These are awesome things. You, gotta, you don't mess with God. I mean, the dude who created everything, he's got to, come on. It's just, I love it. I love it. I, 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 get, I get tickled about that myself. You know, but you also need to know what makes God weep, what makes him angry. You ever gone into some place where you just didn't feel right about it? And you're just like, "Mm." you know, you just took the Holy Spirit into a place where he wasn't welcome. Don't ever violate your conscience. Don't ever violate that thing and say, oh, no, we need to go. This is not a right place. This is not a good thing. Let's not do this. We need to walk away from here. Hallelujah. Because God wants us to have that intimate relationship with him. He wants us to know. He wants us to be led by the spirit of God. So I want to know him. I want to know what, what, what he loves. I want to know what he likes. I want to know, hallelujah, what he wants to bring to pass. Amen? Amen. I mean, I believe that, you know, that we see things and continue to see things and continue to know things supernaturally. Because when you know him, then you know the right person. You know all the right answers. Amen? 
It's such a cool thing. <laughs> and here's the most wonderful thing about it. Lest you think I got off of the subject of faith. See, the better I know him, the easier my faith works. Because, <laughs> see, I can take him at his word because I know God can't go back on his word. It is. Hallelujah. And here's something most people don't like, but, you know, you can call it anything you want to do. You can just talk about anything. And, uh, but you're going to go to school till you pass. See, in school, you know, they teach you things and then they give you a test. You know, God gives you a test so you learn some things. And you, and you understand it. He gives you the test ahead of time to see how you're going to do. And uh, when I say that, it's not God doesn't test us with evil. Doesn't test us with junky things. Doesn't test us with sickness or disease. But he does test us with obedience. He does test us with a willing heart because the Bible says if we're willing and obedient, we eat the good of the land. Amen. And when you know God's leading you, then in the midst of things, you say, I know God led me into this. Well, why is it so terrible? I don't know, but God led me in the middle of this. Do you know that Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil? You know, you can be led in some places where you get tempted of the devil. I know, it's a faith church. You get in trouble. I know, y'all just turned me off right there. But you can't. See, because when you know God, and you know God brought you there, you're going, glory to God, I'm looking around for the table. Hallelujah. God said he'd make a table for me in the presence of my enemies. I'm looking around. Hallelujah. I'm looking around for goodness and mercy that's following me. Hallelujah. I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm not building a condo. I'm not staying there. I'm walking through it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Many times what happens is, is that we get around looking around at everything and we get around thinking, oh my God. And what happens is we start being like the, uh, the Israelites in the, in the desert in the womb. We walk around and you walk around for 40 years because you're just walking around. You took your eyes off of God. You took your eyes off of what you need to know. You took your eyes off of what God wants to do because it's a relationship. Amen. It gets crazy. Someone says, well, you look, you see the good in everything. I do. I do because God is in it. And if God's leading us and showing us, that changes everything. See, I want to please God. I want to love God. I want to know God. Hallelujah. I just want to know who he is. Hallelujah. I really do. I mean, that's my heart. Because if I do that, and I know, I'm, and if I keep going around the, the, you know, the mulberry tree, if I keep playing ring around the rosy, I'm going to always fall down. You know, I noticed this as a pastor, and I'll just share this with you. There's some things you just to help you. But I noticed as a pastor, I used to have people, you know, if you stay somewhere long enough, and I've been here 27 years, going into 28 now. But uh, the key is you get to see people going around the same bush. About every three years, they go around the same thing. They do. And you kind of go, okay, I gotta, I gotta, I, we got to trip them up. We got to get them off of that track. I mean, if we can get the word of God in you, we can change you. You don't have to go around that same track again. And if you stay with God long enough, you can see where the devil, that's what he does. He doesn't have anything new. He just keeps trying to bring the old ugly things back around again. He tries to package them different, but it's the same lies, same things that take place. But we got to get these things down in our heart. When we get them down in our heart, we say, no, this is how I used to react, but I'm not going to react that way anymore. This is what used to upset me, but this is not going to upset me now. And you think it was maturity. No, you just actually got a revelation. That, praise God. I don't have to act that way anymore. Amen. 
The fourth priority that I always talk to myself about, am I being obedient? Am I obeying God? But not am I only being obedient, but am I obeying joyfully? Joyful obedience. Is it full of joy? Do I, am I doing it because I want to, not because I ought to? See, for me, growing up in church and growing up in, in all, all the Bible and growing up in things, it can become just a, just this is what I do. This is what we do. This is how we do it. Do I go to church just because I'm supposed to go to church? Or do I go to church because I want to? You know, that's when the Lord, he really, you know, nailed me one Sunday morning, gosh, 30, 40 years ago when I was just upset and mad and didn't like anything and was, didn't want to go, and I'm the pastor. And... Uh, <laughs> And he's, you know, and I'm getting ready and I'm grumbling about this person. That's not going to ride this person. Look at, you know, they're not showing up. They've called me told they're going here. They're doing this. Ain't nobody even going to come. God, why am I getting ready? You know? And he just said on the inside, he said, if everybody comes to church this morning, the way you're coming to church, what kind of service are we going to have? <laughs> I said, it's not going to be very good. <laughs> he said, well, then you better change. So I said, yes, sir. You know, God talks to me a lot different than he talks to other people. I, I have to be talked to very strongly. I know some of you, he has to go, now, sweetheart, now, now, now darling, don't you think, oh, I know, I know it's so hard, but let me, let's help you a little bit. Just you think you might go, weak? no, I know it's hard, but you can get that sock on. It'll be okay. <laughs> you know, he's never talked to me sweet. And that doesn't mean he's not wonderfully sweet, but he talks to people differently. Yes, you know? He's, he's never, you know, and uh, I think that's just because, you know, I, I equated God with my father. My father never talked. It was, hey, I'm going to tell you once and you better listen. Yes, sir. Got this. So God, he was always like, hey, I told you, what are you doing about it? I said, oh, I'm going to change. I'm going to fix it. And so, you know, it's just different. So don't, don't get upset. If you, and, and thank God if God talks to you so sweet. I know my wonderful wife, you know, she just has, he'll talk to you. She'll say, oh, God, just, I said, I can't, I can't even relate. I mean, it's so flowery. It's so nice. And I'm just like, man, I'm glad you got blessed. I would have said, who's, who said that? Who, who's talking? What's going on here? But it just, ble- I mean, it was really good. But it was not, I mean, it wouldn't bless me. Amen? Someone says, well, you get blessed when he yells. I said, I do. I get blessed when he just slaps me. I'm like a mule. He'd get my attention. Hey, I'm like, yes, sir. What are we doing? Let's do this. Here's what we need to do. I said, yeah, I want to obey you. Let's do this. You know, and, you know, so, but the wonderful thing about God, and one thing about the Holy Spirit is he knows how to talk to each and every one of us. Amen. See, if God talked to you like he talked to me, most of you would be offended at God. You would. You just get your feelings hurt all the time. And, uh, but, that's, but that's a difference in what he has to do. And it's not wrong. It's just, but the key is God rewards obedience. He rewards us when we obey his voice. He rewards us when we know what we're doing. Hallelujah. You know, it's God's desires that we be obedient consistently and we just do what he says for us to do. He is the everlasting father and he is the father of love and peace and joy. I mean, he's awesome. He's wonderful. You know, uh, glory to God. But it always amazes me that when you share with people, like I've shared with people before where, well, the spirit of God said, well, you need to do this. He said, well, that's a lot of work. And I'm like, well, yeah. Well, yeah, this can't be God. It's going to be that much work. I said, 
Yeah, no, well, of course it is. I said, well, didn't, didn't that bother you that God would make you do this? I said, are you kidding? God's never made me do anything. God asked me, the creator of the universe, God, the father, the, who created, who, who sent his son to die for me, ask me, ask of me to do something for him. What an honor. What an honor. Amen. See, that's what I, I mean, it's an honor. It's an honor to go and say, go help this person. It's an honor to go, hey, go help this person do this. Go do this for this. Go do this. Give this. Do this. Because God, it's an honor because God, hallelujah, chose me to be a blessing to somebody else. Totally different than thinking, all right, God, I'll be obedient. <laughs> you mean, I've heard that. Yeah, well, God, I went kicking and screaming. I'm thinking to myself, golly, God asked you to do something for him and every time God asks anybody in the Bible, when Jesus asks anybody in the Bible to do something, did you ever see what happened after the fact when they did it? I mean, let's just look at Peter and the boat. Let me use your boat. Let me cast out, let me, let me talk to these people, give the Sermon on the Mount. Thank you for letting me use your boat. Now, hey, since you let me use your boat, go out there and throw your nets. Nets, plural. Peter's like, we've been fishing all night. We know you don't catch fish in the middle of the day. It ain't going to happen. He goes, but Peter's like, you know, you seem pretty cool. We'll go out here and I'll throw down a net. What is the next thing? All the fish. The nets are breaking. He gets his other guys to the boat. He's calling for help. Hey, because he didn't lower nets. He only did net. Amen. And then what did Peter jump up and say? You need to get away from me. I am a sinner. <laughs> That's what he said. You remember that, right? He's like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm in trouble. Amen. See, we look at, but see, what happens is we have this tendency to think anything that God asks of us is a bother or it's so hard. I've never thought that in my entire life. When God says, I need you to do this, I say, okay, Lord, let's do this. Because he's the one, of course, for in my case, he's the one meeting and supplying all of my needs. He's the one, I belong to him. It's, it's just the way it is. But uh, it's like, okay, let's do it. You know, that you live dangerously when you're like that. People think, you, you, you could tell you to go here. Yes, he could. I could go. And I would go in a heartbeat. Because he, I belong to him. Amen. See, that's the key. I mean, it's like, why? Because I want to obey God and I want to obey joyfully. Amen. You know, and here's the fifth thing that I like to do for my own self, that look at myself. I always make sure, I want to make sure that I'm living clean and holy before God, that I'm not doing and causing to bring a reproach upon what God has in store or who God is. I heard this a long time ago, and, I, and, I, and somebody was sharing, and, a minister, and they got it from somebody from way back when. But anyways, it says, and it was, it was, when it was spoken, it just hit me right in my spirit. It said, God wants to take you places that your character can't keep you. God wants to take you places where your character can't keep you. So you better work on your character and your integrity. You better work on you. And man, when it said, it just, it just smacked me. And I was like, oh, now I know why we haven't gotten very far here, God. <laughs> we got to deal with me. You know, I, I got I to gotta, I gotta live clean and holy before you. I want to enter in. I want to do, and I want to do what's pleasing. It doesn't mean that I don't mess up. It doesn't mean that I haven't messed up. It simply means that I'll make sure that my heart is right. 
that I've never done it with a, with a, with a heart matter where I wanted to do that, that I willingly wanted to, be, to do the thing. I willingly wanted to do something bad. And God gave me the example of Samson. You remember Samson in the Bible? Samson had the anointing of God on. Samson was a judge. Samson, he, I mean, God's power and grace was upon him. And Samson defeated the Philistines. And the problem with Samson is he never lived right and holy before God. And the only person he ever delivered was himself. And God spoke to him. He says, you don't want to just deliver yourself. I want you to deliver others. I want you to set the captives free. It wasn't until Samson's death when he was blind. He's hanging onto the chain to the pillars. He said, God, anoint me one more time. Let my life be avenged. Let it be glorified. And then when he pulls it in, he kills more than he, than he did, you know, killing all in his whole life, but destroying the Philistines. And God's judgment was, was falling there. But, you know, I mean, Samson lost his ability to lead. And as I see that over my life, I've seen that with so many different leadership and so many different people that they've lost their ability to lead because they've allowed the enemy to come in. They've allowed offense to come in. They've allowed things to just mess with them uh, or they allowed pride to come in and they thought they were a lot more better than they were. And they allowed sin to come in and when they got away with it because of God's grace, they thought, well, I must have got away with it. No, God's grace. He's, he's waiting for you to repent. God's greatly doing things. Because, you know, people don't end up where they end up and in this crazy position, just all of a sudden they just fall there. No, they, they gradually do things. And see, just because you got away with one thing one time doesn't mean God didn't see it. <laughs> Amen. Got quiet in this place. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> How many of you know that Satan right now at this time and in our lives, Satan is, is trying to devour families. He's trying to devour people's lives. He's trying to bring sickness. He's trying to bring disease. He's trying to bring chaos. He's trying to bring offense. He's trying to bring unforgiveness. You can't, you can't, listen, offense, unforgiveness, you got to get rid of. There is no time to, to live in unforgiveness and offense and be mad about this, that, or another. Who cares? You got to just get, let people be free. You, know, you just got to get rid of that, you know, because unforgiveness, hallelujah, will eat you. It won't do anything for anybody else, you know, and uh, it'll just mess you all up. Hallelujah. And God does. God honors our lives. There, there are things that we can do. He honors our life. God honors things that we do. Hallelujah. I mean, Samson always had a covenant with God. He never lost his covenant with God. He just lost the power to use it. We never lose our right place with Christ. We never lose our covenant with Christ. We just lose the right to use it. Because you have no confidence in being able to do it because you know God's not there. Amen. When you don't know your authority, then what happens is, you know, I started out many, many years ago in Mech. There was a lot of things happening. Everybody would jump up, and they were using the name of Jesus, and they were trying to rebuke all people. And a lot of people were getting busted in the mouth and getting knocked out because they were jumping up in front of people that were demon-possessed or were heathens and everything else. And they're like, you know, I'm going to you know, do these things. And they didn't understand any authority, and they were getting hurt <laughs> you know, because they were doing it because Brother So-and-So said it. How many remember in the book of Acts when it talks about the seven sons of Sceva. Seven sons, of, what did they do? They found them a devil, so they went down there and said, we cast you out in the name of Jesus of whom Paul preaches. Well, what did the demon say? Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? 
You don't want the devil saying, who are you? Okay? He needs to know who you are. And if you're born again and you know who you are in Christ and what you have, he knows who you are. Amen? He definitely knows who you are. And he knows that you have authority. Amen? When you take hold of this. Hallelujah. But the enemy is always trying to bombard us. And he's always trying to do things. Because, you know, the, the devil's number one tool, we all know this, right? Because we just, we, we're living in the last days. The number one tool of the enemy is fear. Anything that's of fear is not of God, period. Okay, Don, I don't care what, well, you got to, no, anything that's of fear is not of God, period. God's not giving us a spirit of fear. That's right. God's given us a spirit of love and a power and a sound mind. So you got to understand that. Fear is never of God. Believe it or not, discouragement is never of God. Because discouragement is just camouflage fear. You don't think what is going on in your life is going to change. That's why you're discouraged. Because see, the Bible says, think it not strange concerning this fiery trial as though some strange thing has come upon you. That's a scripture. That's a, I just quoted you, the King James Version. First Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Think it not strange concerning this fiery trial. Fiery, not just a trial. This is a fiery trial. You're on fire. I mean, it's some serious things going on here. Think it not strange as though some strange thing is coming. He's like, wait a minute, this is a little strange. What's going on? Hallelujah. But you got to know that because it's coming against you, hallelujah, you can't be afraid. You can't be discouraged. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You got to stand up and say, hey. Here's what the Spirit of God says. Here's what God's doing. Now, if you're messing it you're, and you've, you've caused it upon it, you've got to repent so you can get out of it. But many times, it's just the enemy coming, trying to bombard us. Hallelujah. Amen. So fear and discouragement is never of God. And believe it or not, neither is the cares of this life. We get so caught up, you know, and we get caught up and we're going to do this. Listen, God, listen, I, I believe in having things. I believe God wants to bless us abundantly. I, I love to give. I love to sow. I, I just think God wants blessings to flow, okay? But here's the thing. When you start putting all your joy in the blessings or all joy in all the things you have, it's like one minister who was bragging about all the things he had and everything else. And finally, the other minister got fed up with it and said, hey, big deal, big deal. Your pile of ashes is going to be bigger than my pile of ashes. Because <laughs> okay? it's all going to be ashes. Okay? And I loved it. I thought, good answer. Good answer. And it's not that we don't want to believe God for things. It's not that we don't want to see. Because God wants that. God wants you to be blessed. He does. He does. How he takes money to do things we need to do. God wants it. Don't, don't. But he doesn't want us to be covetous. He doesn't want us to be seeking after those things. He wants us to be seeking after him. Amen. I mean, Abraham pleased God and God made him the richest man on the earth at that time. Amen. Right? right? He said, God, he's got, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it for you. But here's the, here's the last one about these four things are never from God. Fear, discouragement, cares of this life. And then let me just share this last one because this is where we're at in today is runaway thoughts. Don't let your mind run. I mean, how many of you hear something and your thoughts just go, oh my God, we're done. Everything, it's like, time out, time out, time out. We had a situation this week. Something happened, and uh, all of a sudden, it was like, oh, it's going to be this, it's this, it's it, and and it's going to ruin everything. I mean, it's just going to ruin life. It's like, time out, time out. You know what we're going to do? We're going to figure this out. It's going to be okay. God's going to do this. God's going to handle it. Now, let's pray. Let's see. Calm down. We're going to look at it. Let's see what you have. Let's process of elimination, and we did. It all was good. 
went down to one place and God supernaturally supplied somebody to fix it, do it, and did it all for free. And uh, got these people back on the road, got them going, got everything. And it was like, I'm like, didn't miss a beat, did we? That, but if we had kept listening to you or if we had kept listening to these things going on, would have wiped them out. Yeah. See, many times we make everything in our life so much bigger. Yeah. <laughs> when it's like, time out. Let's bring it back into perspective here. Hallelujah. Let's do this. All right, let me give you the sixth priority that I have. I got seven, so we'll be done. Wow, it's 8 o'clock already. You guys, we got we to gotta go quick. Number six is don't let anything steal my shield of faith. Amen. And number seven, so you get this, is to do and to finish what God has called me to do. That's what I want to do. I want to finish and have him say, well done. Don't let anything steal my shield of faith. Hallelujah. And I'm not going to. Never let anything. I keep my shield of faith up all the time because the shield of faith quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked one. You know, and believe it or not, for me, doing the will of God is the most exciting thing in all the world. It is. It is. I love to do that. And I love when God challenges me. I love when he says, hey, do this. I say, Lord, we don't have the money. He said, I didn't ask you if you had any money. I said, yeah, but it's not a good time. I didn't ask you if it was a good time. <laughs> I said, yeah, but, you know, God, it's just, it's just all wrong. <laughs> I know none of you ever talked to him like that. But I, I explained to him why we should... <laughs> And I let him know. I said, listen, I can tell you about 22 reasons of why this is not going to work. He didn't ask for my opinion. That's exactly right. You know, and that's the key. The key is, is when you stop and say, Lord, is, well, I always have to stop and say, God, it's got to be you because only a crazy person would even think like this. <laughs> so you got to either I lost my mind or you just spoke to me. We got we to talk about this. Let's, and I do. I talked. I said, okay, God, let's, you know, let me just tell you why this shouldn't be. But if he says, let's do it, then we do it. Amen. How many you know God can prosper you a hundredfold in the middle of a famine? Amen. How many you know that God can turn around and tell you to do things when it doesn't seem like, and God can make a way where there seems to, to not to be no way? But why do we have priorities? Why do we get, because God wants us to have that personal relationship with him. There's a supernatural personal relationship. When you have that, it changes everything. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's good things that begin to take place. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just honor you. Lord, I just shared what you spoke to my heart this afternoon and said, just you want you to do this. You changed it, so I believe it. And I, it blessed me. It's just caused me to be blessed. And so, Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for these wonderful folks. Thank you, Father God, hallelujah, that we want to hunger and desire for you. We want to. That's our heart. My heart is to do that, Lord, in Jesus' name. So I just thank you for it now. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah.